Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's 10.07 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. This is Will Marotti, your host. Matt Sorois, Master of Ceremonies, managing the program, taking your calls today, 860-522-9842. I promised uh, we would take a couple of calls. We've been waiting for a long time before we go to our specially scheduled guest. Let's go to West Hartford and Jan. Jan, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. I'll just make some very quick statements. I've been listening to Jonathan Turley, Laura Ingram, and Shannon Bream, who are just brilliant. Mm -hmm. And their take on it is the left is destroying our institutions very slowly. Mm -hmm. First, Mm -hmm. we get rid of the statues. Now, according to uh, Laura Ingram, there are nine justices, and each has four clerks. And she Mm -hmm. said it's a rigorous procedure to becoming a clerk. Mm -hmm. And she believes that, um, that... Eventually, the person who did this or persons may unmask themselves because the left is celebrating and all the news media has been celebrating this. Mm -hmm. This is an attempt to pressure our justices and to damage the court's uh, reputation. Really, it's an utter disgrace in how it was released, and it was brought about by very unscrupulous people to upend and destroy the court, and it strains the, supre- the trust in our Supreme Court, mm-hmm. which is, has, you know, this is, it, it's just as egregious what has been happening. And slowly but slowly, they're doing what they're doing. And I, I wonder if someone inside the court was working with someone outside the court yeah, to I, get I, this leak done. This, this was planned and calculated and it yes. absolutely was done by somebody on the left this would not hurt this would not help the pro-life cause at all to leak this oh, thing prematurely no. well so. i think one is to change the narrative and two is to filibuster to get that done and three to pack the court yeah. i think this is yeah. all in the plan yeah i i think you're 100 right jan thank you for yeah. okay. uh, your, your wisdom filled for- call thank you uh louise go ahead welcome to the show hi i agree with george and, you know, maybe some good can come from this, though, that more, more time to discuss this issue. And Christians especially need to fight against evil, and this is one of the worst. Abortion, you know, some people say, where does it say abortion in, in the Bible? No, but in, in a Didache, not specifically, in Didache, before the year 100, the, from the apostles, it says specifically, Thou shalt not, say, you shall not procure abortion. 
and you shall not destroy a newborn child, unquote. Direct abortion and infanticide were from the beginning placed on the same level mm-hmm. of malice. And the, the commandments were given not just for the Israelites, God gave them for the whole world. And one right. of them is thou right. shalt not kill. Right. I have a friend who has a great sweatshirt, it's white on black, it's black and white issue, says it's never okay to kill babies. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that's what, you know, even bring it to the States, so was, so was slavery, right? So we had a civil war. We're going to have people coming from one state to another to get an abortion. That's well, what it would be. Let's we'll hope have... we don't have another civil war over it. We don't want to see that many people killed. No, it just but we don't want to have, you know, abo- you know what, but, but murder is murder. Louise, I gotta, I've got to let you go because I've got a guest on hold, but uh, thank you for your call. Joining us now on the hotline, the former managing editor of the Journal Choir always has uh, great things to say. And generally we talk about all things Connecticut, but I think I, think I want to tap into his wisdom about this big story that broke here. Uh, Chris Powell from uh, Journal Inquirer. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be with you again, Will. And uh, you were one of the many people that sent me emails or texts regarding this story. And, and I guess you have to say it's a blockbuster story from, from a journalistic standpoint. But clearly, um, this is something, and I'm reading the political article, uh, this, is, this is something, a, a rare, rare breach of Supreme Court protocol. Um, what do you think? Uh, it, it was this someone that was for abortion or against abortion that leaked this story? Well, you know, the, it's most probable that the leak came from someone who was opposed to the uh, decision and wanted to make trouble for the justices who were uh, inclined to support the decision, uh, wanted to uh, uh, rile up uh, the political left uh, against it. I mean, that's the probability. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, we we don't know. Uh, you know, this could have been a, a total fluke as well. It could be from yeah. the... Uh, the brother-in-law of the Supreme Court's printer, who found it on, in the trash uh, barrel stranger, uh, stranger things you know, happen, at the print right? shop. I mean, you know, we, we we don't know, but the probability is 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 certainly a you know a malicious political act here. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Regardless about people's specific view on abortion, I think what Justice Alito said about this is the fact that it was flawed out of the gate. It really, it really should be a state's issue and not a, a federal mandate. Would you agree? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: the 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 Roe decision was a weak decision. Uh, even uh, an abortion supporter of like uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg questioned the Roe decision's uh, legal reasoning. Uh, there are many. Uh, abortion rights supporters who acknowledge that the Roe decision is very weak and questionable constitutional law. Uh, now, the draft that has been been published uh, today, I think it makes a very strong case that the Roe decision was was weak and that there was, uh, you know, not uh, not good uh, good cause for it, and that in really uh, the Constitution and the in the context of uh, of its time. Uh, showed that uh, the, the country largely uh, understood the right uh, of the states to criminalize abortion until uh, until the Roe decision came uh, came came about now but you know there's two issues here one is the the legal issue uh, that is what does the constitution say what does it require how should the constitution be construed and then there's the totally separate issue of abortion policy. Uh, it depends, you know, which one do you want to argue? Do you want to argue 
abortion policy or do you want to argue constitutional law? I, mm-hmm. I, I cannot agree with the outrage of uh, the people uh, who were mad at the, uh, the draft decision because the, uh, the Roe case was weak and there, there's nothing wrong with overthrowing judicial precedent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we've overthrown lots of Supreme Court sure. precedents sure. in this country over the years. Uh, people remember Dred Scott versus Sanford that said right. a slave could never be or a black person could never be a, a, a citizen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we overthrew that. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson back in 1896, which mm. legitimized uh, racial segregation in this country for right. for more than half of a century right. uh, until uh, Brown versus Board of Education and I guess 1954. There's mm-hmm. Lochner versus New York in uh, 1905, which uh, basically held that the, the Constitution prevented the federal government from regulating the economy in any in any way, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess 30 years before that precedent was overturned. So overturning precedent is there's nothing wrong with that, especially uh, if the 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 precedent is uh, is very bad. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know that certainly the Roe precedent is very questionable. And uh, you know the only people who are who are questioning the overturning of, of precedent here are, are abortion supporters. So I, I'm I'm just not persuaded by that. We can argue abortion all day, and you know I'm I'm not for uh, outlawing abortion entirely, but uh, there's two separate issues here, and and simply the overturning of precedent is is not a bad thing. No, no. I don't want to sound. I mean, I am very jaded, so I don't want to sound too skeptical. But I, is it is it possible? I mean, anything's possible. But I think it's possible that this could have been released now to energize the left, the progressive left, particularly. Because they know the Democrat ship is sinking in November, and they needed something to to slow down that decay, I'm wondering if if this is this was a calculated plot more about the election than it is about abortion. Oh, it's a plausible suspicion. Uh, well, uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, look, the, this this leak of the decision is a a real embarrassment and disgrace for the court and. Mm-hmm. I, that very well may have been uh, a motive here too. How can we discredit the court in advance of this decision? Yeah, yeah. Well, either either way, it's uh, it's unfortunate and and uh, hate the fact that it, it's taking place. Let's let's get back to some some local stuff here. You and I both agree that um, tax funded employees who are in unions should not be eligible for. Uh, you know, binding arbitration and, and uh, negotiation with with unions and and, and governors and um, is there another is there another another possibility? I guess this is something you wrote a couple of days ago. Um, is there another possibility for arbitration? What else could we replace it with, Chris? Well, you know, I, I would you know repeal it completely because it, it compromises democracy. I mean, I'm. I'm much less concerned about the expense of uh, collective bargaining and binding arbitration for government employees than uh, than I am about its uh, its restriction on uh, democracy. It, it lowers the the whole public to equality with a uh, with a special interest uh, and a special interest uh, whose whose objectives are very much against the public interest. Now, our, our elected officials, on the whole, they love 
binding arbitration for government employees because it takes elected officials out of the biggest financial decisions of government yeah. uh, and lets, lets them escape the natural conflict between taxpayers on one hand and government employees on the other. That, that's why binding arbitration was enacted in Connecticut, so, so the politicians could just shrug and say, oh, there, there's nothing we can do about the major expense of government. It's, you know, the arbiters are going to de- decide this. Um, if you can't repeal it because of the, the cowardice of our, most of our elected officials, there, there could be another solution, and, and that would be to, to elect the arbiters. Uh, you know, you could have you could you could have a new state office, the office of the state arbiter, who'd have the power to determine the state government employee contracts, and you could have a, a municipal arbiter uh, elected at the uh, at the town and city level, who would have similar power over the municipal government employee contracts. And so the you know the the mayors and the town council members and the state legislators and the governors could still pretend to be important. Uh, they would never have to get their their hands dirty, uh, you know, in the the major expense issue. But we'd find one person in every town and one person at the state level who'd be willing to make this decision and account for it uh, at uh, regular election periods. The yeah. town electors presumably would be elected every two years, or town, town arbiters would be elected every uh, two years, and the state arbiter could be elected uh, every four years. And then wow. the parties could could nominate uh, you know, someone who was either the tool of the, uh, the unions or they could nominate someone who was more oriented toward the taxpayers. And they the decision here would be made by uh, by the voters and if the voters wanted to to vote to have their pockets picked forever they could do that but at least they'd have the the opportunity to reassert public control over public finance so i i suspect mm. that's the most uh, practical like method of changing mm. the system because uh, our our elected officials will never want to take the responsibility no and in 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 a rep- in a country with a representative government democratic republic as we have that model more clearly matches the representative government form than than what's happening right now. Uh, look, the the compensation of government employees uh, on the municipal level in Connecticut, typically uh, government employee compensation is seventy percent, sometimes more, of municipal budgets. On the on, on the state level, uh, it probably approaches a third uh, of uh, of state expense. And and if you count the unfunded pension liabilities. Of state government right now, it's it's it's, it's more than well more than fifty percent. Sure. Uh, now, you know how, how come we're taking this huge huge uh, section of, of public finance out of the ordinary democratic process? Uh, you know, you know, back in in, in many <laughs> years ago, Connecticut had hmm. a system of government that removed all the big financial decisions uh, of government from the democratic process and, you know, vested it in a single unelected authority. It was called monarchy, and we fought a revolution against yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, um, I, I mean, really, who does it benefit ultimately other than the union leadership? I don't know. I mean, obviously it benefits state employees. You, you know, get 2.5% raise for four years and get $3,500 bonus. Obviously that's money in your pocket. But ultimately, I think this this is a benefit of the of the unions, and they and of course they're not going to want to relinquish control of that. Well, look, gonna... the unions are politically organized. They are mm-hmm. the army of the Democratic Party in in mm-hmm. Connecticut. Uh, I will guarantee you that uh, on election day in November, 
if you you know vote in person instead of by absentee ballot, mm-hmm. you will see when you go to your polling place a bunch of people standing around holding uh, campaign signs for the Democratic candidates, and many, if not most, of those people will be government employees taking one of their many, many discretionary paid days off yes. to politic for the Democratic Party. That, that's another benefit that, you know, they get that, you know, we don't get. And we know about their raises and, 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 and benefits and pensions and everything like that. But they also get an enormous number of discretionary paid mm-hmm. days off. And they use them to politic uh, for the uh, for the Democratic Party, they they use them to uh, to work in campaign headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one hand washes the other here, and yeah. uh, you know that's that's you know their constitutional right to be involved in in politics. But uh, uh, and, and they get away like with everybody it. else. <laughs> well, they they get away with it, and they they get their way because they are organized, right. and right. and taxpayers are not. Taxpayers are ignorant, and uh, they're busy. Uh, they, uh, they're not given all this extra free paid time to politic as uh, the government employees are. And a lot, of, a lot of people just don't want to get involved anyway. I mean, they're just trying to take care of their family, earn a living. By the way, we haven't talked about this for a few weeks. Have you heard any more out of uh, Parents Against Stupid Stuff group? Not, uh, <laughs> not, not since uh, we last uh, talked yeah. about it. I, I had the impression from the guy who was uh, organizing it that yeah. Um, May was the target date for okay. getting a, an internet site up, and um, you know maybe doing some uh, commercials. Of course, for yeah. for me, they can't come soon oh, enough. Oh no, it could have happened last year. It wouldn't have been fast enough. All right, let's talk about one other issue if we can. I got a couple minutes here, and, and I and I totally agree. But I want to hear your perspective. And you're saying forget about student loan debt and finance nonprofits it might be a better better use of the money what what's your what's your thought process there chris well you know the uh, most of the student loan debt in the country contrary to the impression we're being given by news coverage uh is uh, the responsibility of people who are pretty well off financially um, a lot of these people have gotten uh, student loans for you know, going into, you know, well-paid uh, careers. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of student loan debt uh, holders, uh, you know, who are, you know, not going to be much more than, uh, you know, telemarketers or retail clerks and not going to be making uh, millions like, uh, you know, doctors and lawyers and mm-hmm. uh, and, and tech people. But uh, the first problem I have with uh, forgiving student loan debt is that a lot of the forgiveness is going to go to people who don't need the the, mm. uh, the debt forgiven. Mm. Uh, you know, another objection I have to it is that uh, it really makes uh, you know fools of, of all the people who worked and saved and to put themselves through uh, through college. Uh, I suppose my biggest objection to the student loan thing is that student loans are not really subsidies. To students, they are subsidies to educators. They are driving up the cost mm. of higher education. Uh, they're forcing people, or they're inclining people to get credentials they really don't need to be a success financially out mm. in the world. Um, I just think it's on, on the whole, it's a racket that is driving up the cost of higher education uh, unnecessarily. Uh, and you know, probably last of all. Our educational problem in the United States is not higher education. It's lower education. Yes, we have yes. social promotion and, you know, failure in, 
you know, in the high school level, most kids now, even in Connecticut, never master high school math and English. And it's silly to worry about higher education when you have this comprehensive failure at the lower level. I couldn't. I, I love it every time I hear you say that, Chris, because that's really what people ignore, and that's really the source of the problem. If you fix elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, you don't have to worry about a, a lot of other things. Those problems will take care of themselves. As always, Chris Powell, thank you so much. Chris Powell, former managing editor of Journal Inquirer. Uh, we'll keep an eye closely on this abortion story, at least the leak of the story. And uh, thanks so much for, for being on the show again. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Will. Bye-bye. All right, All right we're going to take a break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 